Welcome to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about women who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Kristen Lepianca, and I'm here with Lane Fargo. Hello. And Wendy Hurd. Hello. So what's new? What is happening? What the fuck is happening? No <laughs> I feel like knows. we have to record two versions of this intro, one for like <laughs> for like with the different outcomes of what November might bring. Honestly, yes. <laughs> yeah, because we're recording this on October 18th, and it's going to air the week after the election. Well, election day, we don't know. I mean, the election may still be going on at the time that you're hearing this future person. Um, yeah, it's really hard to know how to do anything right now at like all scenario I, one we're all in bunkers yeah scenario right. two we're having a party scenario uh-huh. three civil war civil war scenario <laughs> four there is no future and we're just talking into the void right now because mm-hmm. everything just shut down all the infrastructure <laughs> Yeah, we could have be the, living in the Handmaid's Tale. I mean, it would probably right. take them a while to set that up and get all the like red dresses. So maybe we wouldn't be like fully, unless they already have them. They I might. They probably have, have them red. already. I think I put some in like light pink or something a little bit more chaste. Oh my mm. god, that would be the last straw. Like at least I look Kaki. good in that shade of red. Khaki, khaki. Like pale pink and blue with like a little flower pattern a real little one like oh a pleated God. waist a high yeah. pleated waist <laughs> yes <laughs> that's it the worst thing everyone I've ever heard. the lower abdomen <laughs> of an 80 year old woman no matter what yes <laughs> so anyway lots of possibilities for what's <laughs> happening yes we hope we hope this finds you in better times yes <laughs> But uh, as of the time we're recording this, my book, They Never Learned, just came out uh, a few days ago, Woo. and it already feels like it was, like, months ago because time in 2020 oh, man. is bizarre and, like, means it, nothing. Yeah. I, I don't know. So, But it went well. Like, I can remember in the distant pasts of last Tuesday, it seemed like it went well. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's that's good. <laughs> Wendy, how about you? Oh, God. Um. Well... <laughs> LA is covered in a sort of you could you could feel the smoke in your lungs at this point. Um, even though the skies are blue, like when I go hiking up the mountain, you can see this like layer of gray, and it's different from our normal layer of brown. We always have a layer of light brown, but now it's like a layer of gray and brown, and it's just sort of like, is this just what it's like here now? I mean, I don't know. It's a weird moment. Yeah. 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 It is. I find it terrifying to leave the house because um, COVID case numbers are on the rise here. So I have been trying to make the inside of my space as nice as possible, which includes some very light renovations to my bathroom. Uh, and I'm very happy with how that's going. So yay! All right, let's buy a plant. I think I'll buy a plant this week. Yes, if you if you want to know about what plants are good for improving the air quality in your home, you should check out some ferns. Really? Yes. Okay, I, I will. I have I have invested in ferns to do so in the bathroom that we're renovating. There are many varieties of ferns. Boston ferns and button ferns are particularly recommended for this. So go crazy. Your cats don't eat the ferns. Um, they are up high, but also ferns are cat safe. Okay. I just, I'm like, if I had, well, I kill plants anyway, but like if I had any 
plants my cat would just be like chowing down on them ruining everything <laughs> yeah we have to be very careful about where we put them because spencer has murdered a number of succulents okay oh yeah this is like a problem you don't have with dogs especially tiny dogs because they can't like reach anything <laughs> but i cats. am considering getting another dog that's oh happening that's exciting tell me well my dog is 13 and um we think it might be nice to have a transition pet for mm -hmm. my little girl who is very – this is her dog that she, she's had since she was a baby. So um, we're considering a transition pet, someone small and gentle that will not injure my little fragile old man, but who will be <laughs> a snuggly companion. Mm. So yeah, if I, if I get a new dog, don't worry. Rest assured you will have many pictures very soon. Good. <laughs> Can put them on the podcast Twitter to like cheer yeah. the people in their time of need. Yes. Yeah. Or add to the celebratory atmosphere of things. Right. Either one. Well, but I, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You know whoever's listening to this on November 10th or 11th or whenever it comes <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. We don't know. We're <laughs> we had the same thing when the pandemic was starting where we were like, so everybody, we're in bunkers or it's all gone right well that's back the thing because back then we were, were like yeah like what if it's all like better now and then now yeah. we just like look back on that and laugh yeah Hilarious. we're like wow to think that we ever even for one second imagined that it would all be over within weeks <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. okay <laughs> we're Let's just talk really about sexy ladies Let's talk about sexy ladies. So yes. um, our topic this week is the femme fatale. Root. I feel like this is like the ultimate uh, female archetype. Like if you said to some person on the street, name a female character archetype, yeah. they would be able to produce this one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about like how we define a femme fatale. Like what do you guys think of when you think of this archetype? Lauren Bacall. Mm -hmm. Barbara oh. Stanwyck. Yeah. That kind of like old school glamour with evilness yes yeah i was thinking about this and like obviously the femme fatale is like sexy and dangerous but i think another key element of this type of character is they often appear innocent or vulnerable at first like that yeah. is part yeah. of their deviousness like we always think of in the like noir detective kind of thing like the woman who shows up and like just desperately needs the detective's help and then he like falls for her mm -hmm. and then she reveals herself to be evil and was playing him the whole time like i think that's part of it this element of she's dangerous but she'll trick you and it was all a plan mm-hmm I have a real fondness for men falling into the clutches, as you know. Uh-huh. Because I'm like, man. you should have seen it coming, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's um. We did that episode last year where we talked about the movie Hustlers with mm -hmm. uh, Hallie Sutton. And she wrote this whole great piece about the femme fatale and um, included that movie in it. And that is definitely an example of like these women are manipulating men, but like how stupid could these men possibly be if they don't <laughs> think that they're being manipulated? Like there's an element right. of that where you're just like, she's manipulating you and it's so obvious. Like, it's what like the on fuck, some dude? level they want to be manipulated or they just don't care. Like it doesn't matter. I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting to think about like, do they, truly believe these this innocent story or do they just not care because as we have discussed the penis must go where it is where called. it is called yeah yes. the femme fatale is like calling to the penis very intentionally yes. 
Yes. The siren song. Yes. yes. <laughs> so what about the WAP video? Yeah. Oh. I thought of that. I thought mm. of this archetype so hard, especially when Russell Brand started having a hysterical panic attack with his low V-neck shirt on Twitter. <laughs> about how it was like bad for feminism or yes, something. About how it's bad for feminism. And he explained it to us so helpfully. I want to say we are experts here, and I think we can all agree it was great for feminism. <laughs> yes. Seal of approval. I Yeah, I don't know. But what does Russell think? That's what's important. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning I wake up and I'm like, what does Russell Brand think? Like, how can I let that influence my choices today? Every time I hear someone mention Russell Brand, I'm like, oh, I remember that that guy exists. And then I forget about it completely. <laughs> That's like a great state to live in to just like forget that he exists. I envy you that. But yeah, yeah. they're very much playing up that uh, archetype that they're like sexy and using their sexiness to get what they want and they don't care if they like hurt people. And it's well, so they hot. have a layer, they have a sexy, femme fatale, actual like evil villain layer. Yeah, that's like some evil Bond girl oh. shit in that video. <laughs> the like so jaguars good. and stuff, the oh. jaguars. They have whole rooms for different types of femme fatales in that video. <laughs> and you like could file follow Kylie Jenner into one of the rooms. And like in there's the other room where the girls dance one at a time, all the different ones. <laughs> You're really revealing how many times you've seen this video and I've yeah. watched it a few times. They're very talented. We have all young watched ladies. it a few times. <laughs> okay, so what other examples do we have except I mean I think that's the best one. We're not gonna do any better than that. So thank you for starting off. <laughs> So strong, but what other examples do we have of the femme fatale? Well, I think we have to talk about some aspects of Amy from Gone Girl. Uh, not Amy every time, every time <laughs> she's just like she's everyone. It's amazing, but especially uh, the way that she um, ensnares. I can't think of his name. Her old friend Desi. Desi, yeah, mm. like that is a very femme fatale thing. Like she calls him. She needs his help. Mm-hmm. you know and then she's just using him so hard and like she just fucking slaughters that guy <laughs> that favorite very, scene yes that's a very femme fatale well it's mm-hmm. all about the weaponization of sexuality right and yeah. i think that's something that men are truly afraid of that they see that as their weak spot because it's the penis has to go where it's called and so they're so afraid of of stumbling across a woman who's like and I know I'm going to do this on purpose and I'm going to lead your helpless penis down a bad path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about that. Like I know I've gotten a lot of criticism for Kira and Temper because she is very like aware of her mm-hmm. sexual powers and uses them intentionally to get what she wants. And it's like people will accept if a woman is just like sexy and men kind of fall for her. But it's like she didn't she doesn't even know. Like she just accidentally right. is doing this. But if she's intentionally doing it, if she's like, this is the skill set that I have and I can mm-hmm. manipulate people with it, then that is like completely unlikable. People get very mad about that. Yes. Men and women get mad about that. Oh yeah. Well, women yeah, get really mad about it too. It's like you're cheating this game that we're playing or something. Mm-hmm. And men feel like afraid because their weakness has been found out and exploited Mm -hmm. and women feel what like how do we i I don't know i think threatened threatened insecure insecure yeah i mean i in writing kira i was kind of trying to interrogate some of that stuff within myself like that tendency we have to see a really beautiful and like 
self-possessed kind of devious woman and be like oh what a bitch I hate her like that whole thing I was trying mm-hmm. to kind of like address that in myself but that's the reaction a lot of people have is they're like oh what a bitch I hate her but also it's like um is it that we are like hey she's doing that thing that we're like not supposed to do and we're mad mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. um which I think is part of it too is it also like it makes me realize how unsexy I am? Like it makes me feel so unsexy because usually these women are people because it kind of cross it, it crosses over into the territory of like how it's difficult to be less attractive than another woman. You know how it is it's scary and sad to realize that someone else has things that you don't have and that they're more valuable than you are and stuff like that. So like mm-hmm. it yeah. kind of it's like a Venn diagram, right? It's like she's doing the things we're not supposed to do. She's not fought playing by the rules that we're mm-hmm. all playing with. You know, she's getting an advantage, an unfair advantage because, look, we could all show our tits too, but we're not doing it. We're playing by the rules. Like we're playing the game right. that's supposed to be played, right? And then like she comes in here with her tits out and it's like, well, that just, you know, she just it's like the pigeon who shits all over the chessboard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked about this before that women are allowed to be hot, but we're not supposed to know it or yeah. like own it. We're supposed to be you know, self-deprecating and whatever. And just a woman, like even if she's not a femme fatale and using it for um, manipula- manipulative purposes or devious yeah. purposes, just a woman being like, yeah, I know I'm hot is like very like threatening and uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yes. We're not encouraged yeah. to do that. And the WAP video, like I think really like like talk about two women who know they're hot. Yeah. <laughs> You're celebrating it. And I think a lot of people find that threatening. They want like, Men especially, they want to be the ones to like say that the woman is hot and like yeah they that permission. they want to give the permission and like it's their gaze that determines yeah the hotness. Yeah. It's not something that you can decide for yourself. You have to wait for a seal of approval from a man. Mm-hmm. It's like there is no objective beauty. There is just ha- what reaction you get from men that determines whether you're beautiful. <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. true, right? Because. You know, if you look at like, for example, paintings of hot women from the 1700s, those women would not appear in magazines today, you know, mm-hmm. but so it really is the gaze of society. And if you're in a patriarchy, the gaze of men that sort of determines whether you are beautiful. And so you're kind of, I guess, always waiting, am I or am I not in style? Am I right. or am I too, you know, flat chested for the current trends or am I too voluptuous for the current trends or am I too big nosed for the current trends like you know what whatever it might be yeah and the femme fatale is saying I am hot and I'm going to use it for my own purposes not to like please men right so it's like uh, a double whammy it's like I am inventing my own uh concept of my value and I'm going to weaponize that so it's like both it's like yeah it's 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 invalidating all the rules of this game we've sort of all agreed to play so other examples, um, a favorite of mine, which I actually just saw this movie for the first time recently. I missed it like back when I was younger, but um, The Last Seduction. Yes, Linda Fiorentino. Oh, oh that is classic oh. femme fatale. Yes, because she is like, I saw the like official write up on IMDb it refers to her character as a devious sex pot. And I was no. like, that's it. That's the archetype. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah. Like let's let's pause for a second though to examine the word sex pot. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, like, there's that, yeah. <laughs> that's like She's the least of sexy sex. sexy word you can like a pot filled with what? Boobs. Sex? Like <laughs> I don't know. Disturbing. I don't know. It's not a sexy word, but 
it is sort of used interchangeably for like devious sex pot equals femme fatale basically mm-hmm. but she's just like from the very first scene that she's like playing everyone around her just mm-hmm. shamelessly like she's for sure a sociopath i would say like a hot hot sociopath yes and um i guess spoilers but like the movie's been out forever but she gets away with it at the end mm-hmm. doesn't she i mean she just yeah we love to see that <laughs> I think I I think my first like real exposure to this archetype was with um, Jessica Rabbit and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah, it could have turned me gay. That might have been what did it. I, can't, I there's something about her. I just look at her and I'm like, where are your internal organs? Like I know you're yeah, of but course what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> but she did it. Like she did the whole thing. Like they totally pulled that archetype out of the 40s noir, right? And then they yep. like had her. She just like kept pushing her boobs up on him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Remember? And they would like uh-huh. bounce. They like animated her boobs so thoughtfully, so they would like have this weightless <laughs> bouncing all the time. I just remember being like, how much time did they spend on this? <laughs> they must I have had, like seen a that whole movie and team so on it. <laughs> My partner loves that movie and watches it uh, fairly frequently. And I just can't like, yes, she's very hot, but you can't like, how can you watch that movie? I know it's for kids, but like once you're an adult, you can't watch that movie without imagining her and that fucking cartoon yeah. rabbit having sex. And I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Like I just, uh-huh. no, you can't, it's true. <laughs> but how can no. you watch it and not think these thoughts? And now all of you have to think these thoughts. Thanks. Sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> I was thinking to myself that I might want to rewatch it, but now I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's <laughs> creepy. It's creepy. Mm-mm. But yeah, she comes to him and she's like, I need your help. And she like ropes him into it. But the whole time she's like um, really just trying to help her husband, the rabbit. And remember he has that girlfriend who's like really jealous and angry about it. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of a normal lady. Yeah. Yeah. But Jessica Rabbit's not like evil. I mean, she has like no. her own agenda, but she's not evil. Mm-mm. Yeah, but the femme fatale isn't usually evil, right? I mean, she might be, but it's not. It's not. Doesn't well. I don't think she has to necessarily be evil, but she definitely has to be like playing for her own agenda, yeah. even yeah. if it's not like a diabolical. It's like she has her own motivation, even well, if she it's wants not, something. Like, yeah, and she's duplicitous. Yes, like so- the bisexuals. It centers the whole narrative around her and what she wants and takes the near and the man is really just there to be of use to her. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's another reason we hate her so much. Cause she tricked the poor man who is supposed to be the center of everything. Well, not to get too literal then, but I think we should talk about um in they never learned Scarlett's mm-hmm. interactions with her boss when she goes over to oh, yeah. examine his yeah. His special <laughs> manuscript collection. Yes, oh, Scarlett God. is. Um, I thought about this a lot while I was writing because she has, like, she's she's gorgeous and she can use her feminine wilds, but she kind of hates to use them. She's like, ugh, like, okay, I guess I'll have to like seduce this guy because that's the <laughs> easiest way to get what I want. But she's like real annoyed about it, and almost because she sees it as too easy. It's like mm-hmm. not a challenge. Like she mm-hmm. goes into even before that scene. 
she goes into the guy's office and she's wearing like a pencil skirt and like kind of you know trying to get his attention and be a little flirtatious where she's always been really uh like cold to him before and her internal monologue in that scene is just very like oh what a sucker like this is too easy like it's not fun for her she's a predator and a hunter and she wants a challenge and Mm -hmm. it's just like to use the man's um you know penis against him is just boring to her plus then like sometimes they touch her try to like have sex with her and that's really not (laughs) in the cards well i love how he like doesn't even notice that like she's been yeah cold to him all along and then all of a sudden she's like turning it on and he's like he doesn't even notice what is what is the strange shift that has happened he's just like ooh. He's like, finally, I knew this would happen. Like, yeah. It's inevitable. She gave into my charms. I just had to wear her down. Like, yeah, yeah totally. He's very, um, it, he's like, oh, okay. Like, of course, this is what I deserve. This woman wanting to have sex with me. Everyone else wants to have sex with me. I think that's a lot of these men. They're just like, of course, this beautiful woman, does, she couldn't possibly have any other agenda besides getting into my pants because I'm so right. desirable and right. that blinds them. He's it's like he's kind of like finally see the light. Finally we're going to do this. Yeah. yeah. We must have wanted to for a long time and <laughs> you're coming around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hate that guy. And there's <laughs> another character who's like I always saw how you like stared at him scarlet you wanted yes. him and she's like because I was plotting his murder. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 Ugh. <sighs> yeah, I had some fun with that. That kind of Yeah, um, I could that was a lot of fun to read. Because she does not really want to play that role, but like she'll do it if she has to. I'm looking up right now her name because I always forget the name, and I had even had it like in note and in my head, and of course it vanished from my head. Um, but did you guys see Mulholland Drive? No, many years ago, yes. And I can I don't know the name either, but like yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Laura Elena Herring is her name. Yeah, the actress who plays the brunette, the like incredibly hot brunette who pull, who plays that role in Mulholland Drive, mm-hmm. and that's a really good example of it. We should watch this movie together and like mm-hmm. con- I I would really appreciate your thoughts on it because um it's a, such a weird movie and you know like all of his movies it goes off the rails and like suddenly makes no sense at all like mm-hmm. what is happening but like I think the characterizations are interesting. They like, she's dress the, up like, the same devious bisexual as well, right? Like she yeah. seduces poor innocent Naomi Watts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our hero. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting. Like we there are a number of these characters that we talk about again and again, and it's like, why like wh- why is it that when like someone writes a powerful or compelling female character that it's like it's a mashup of all of these characteristics it's it's mm-hmm. very interesting right like i don't know i don't mm-hmm. know if it's like these characteristics are all bad and so it's, i can't separate them or is it just like you know these are just the most interesting i mean they are the most interesting but yeah i think that's it they're the most interesting and they're the most uh like forbidden by the patriarchy so it's like fun to watch women indulge in them Mm -hmm. do we think that christina hendrix in mad men is a a femme fatale sometimes um um, i don't think so i think her i think she can be manipulative Mm -hmm. but it's very let's it's like a very light manipulation Mm-hmm. I would say that she is perhaps more manipulative with 
her female coworkers mm-hmm. than with men. I would say that's fair. And she's just, she doesn't have some like devious agenda. She's just kind of trying to get ahead in business mm-hmm. and using her sexuality to accomplish that goal. Cause that was like really the only thing available to her mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. But um, it, yeah, I think she, uh, she manipulates men and is kind of mean to other women sometimes because they're like, mm-hmm. in her way. Or yeah, I think Femme Fatale doesn't like really care much about other women except for in Mulholland Drive. Like if she's going to seduce, but usually they're very focused on the men in the story and messing with them. Yeah. So I don't know if you all are. I don't think you are readers of Sherlock Holmes. Mm-mm. A little bit. I only find I find it interesting to add to the conversation because it's so long ago. But there's a an archetype of this. Her name was Irene Adler. Yeah. And she was an opera singer. And she was in – it's called A Scandal in Bohemia. There's in, – in the new version of it, in Sherlock, she's like a dominatrix kind of yeah, person. Yeah, I know I her from Sherlock. Yeah. Okay. And she is that in um, Sherlock Holmes. His reaction to her manipulating and sort of, uh, you know, she also is like really beautiful opera singer and like described in this detail and these – she manipulates him into – kind of falling into her uh, like whole scenario that she puts together. Mm-hmm. And his reaction to her is to just like fall in love with her and think she's like the only woman that matters because he admires this manipulativeness so much because he just, he loves that conniving, uh, just like the fact that she could pull that off and fool him made him respect her above all else. Uh-huh. Mm from that like characterization of him being sort of like sociopathic, psychopathic, uh, narcissistic, you know. And that is not usually the way that male mm-hmm. characters react to the femme fatale. Right. No. Not usually, that's how we react to the femme fatale. Mm-hmm. We're like, but usually the male characters are like horrified that they've been fooled and they want to like punish her, apprehend mm-hmm. her or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is an one because he does – um, she's in um, the Robert Downey Jr. once to write Rachel McAdams plays. Oh yeah, like, the same kind of thing where she like fools him, and she's like the one woman who, like, he still thinks about, and that mm-hmm. means something that kind of, like registers to him because she's so clever and beat him at his own game. Mm-hmm. I try to forget that those Robert Downey Jr. Versions yeah, me too. <laughs> I didn't ever watch those. I like the first one okay, but the second one is garbage. It's so well, boring. I never saw the second one. I did see the first one. And um, like the villain in that movie, Mark Strong, mm-hmm. he would be the best Sherlock Holmes. I could see and, that. And yet <laughs> he is a dumb villain in this dumb movie with dumb Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. It's outrageous. <laughs> Mark Strong just looks like a villain, though. Like he does. Life. Mark Strong. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but if you've seen like the old uh, TV show with Jeremy Brett as Holmes, like that—that's how I think of the character, and I think Mark Strong would really pull it off. Mm. So you know, because I have such sway over things that happen in this world, right? Make uh-huh. it happen. Doesn't every British actor play Sherlock Holmes eventually? Isn't that like their birthright? I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever done it. Like, you know, um, Bumblesnicker. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so hot. I'm sorry. I love him. I love him too. I don't get, I don't get it. Really? Yeah, I don't. I 
didn't get it until Sherlock. And then it was like, oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that was what did it for me. Cause I'd seen him in some other stuff and I was like, he's weird looking. I don't understand. And then as soon as he showed up in Sherlock, I was like, hell yes. Uh-huh. I love him in Sherlock. It's like the hair and the like disdain and the like great clothes. And mm-hmm. I don't know. This that's what you like. A nice, tall, mean man uh-huh. who looks very sallow. <laughs> that's what I like. <laughs> that is correct. Um, okay, okay. Other examples. Um, I was thinking about uh, the movie Ex Machina. Have you guys seen that? Uh uh-uh. uh. So in this case, the femme fatale is a robot. Mm. So um, this is, it's, uh, I don't want to like give a lot of spoilers. I guess I'll have to, to like explain this example, but it's about this like young programmer who goes um, to participate in a Turing test where they're designed this like very lifelike Android and she is like conversing with him and he's trying to like determine whether she meets the standard of human consciousness um and she like seems very sweet and innocent at first and kind of like makes him fall in love with her basically and then uh like uses this to escape the facility where she's being held and leaves him there to die in the end like he thinks they're gonna run off together and be in love and he's gonna get to like fuck this robot i guess (laughs) Um, Uh like by alicia the candor so like i understand Uh, okay (laughs) But she, yeah, she, like, screws him over. And in the end, it's, like, she leaves and it's, like, she has no, like, she doesn't give a shit about him. He was just a means to an end. And she mm-hmm. she very much manipulates him um, into helping her and then is, like, bye. Interesting. So. It's a really good movie. It's one of my favorites. Really? Mm-hmm. I have to check that out. I have not it feels seen that. like um it was made by Alex Garland uh and it feels like a play almost because it's really just it's like the the programmer and the robot and the, her creator who's played by Oscar Isaac who has like his own mm-hmm. agenda um and it's really just the three of them most of the time so it almost okay. it feels like a play it feels very like gothic weirdly even though it's mm-hmm. all this technology I don't know I'm obsessed with this movie cool. but I think it is like she's a femme fatale even though she doesn't uh look like what we might think of i mean that's part of how she fools this guy because she's so innocent and like almost girlish Mm -hmm. she's like very sweet and girlish and she like has never been outside the facility and she dresses in this um like very innocent looking way and kind of yeah like she's using all of that to her advantage to manipulate this guy Hmm. yeah intriguing I'm sorry, I just like ruined the whole movie for you. But no, I like it. Watching I see it. <laughs> well, I'm excited for Hallie's book. That's going to be, I don't know. It's like we we haven't really talked about it because I know you're interviewing her. Yeah. But, oh my God. Yeah, That's I feel a- like I don't know if we want to get into it too much because we're going to, I mean, we can talk about it some. So yeah, our next episode will be an interview with Hallie Sutton, who's a friend of the podcast. She's been on a couple times before. Um, and her book, The Lady Upstairs, comes out on November 17th. Um, so we'll have an interview with her later this month. And it is like, she will describe it this way. And this is like the most accurate way to pitch it. I would say it's like a noir novel where like all the characters are femme fatales. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like their job. It's what they do. Yeah, it's what they do. So they have this business where they seduce and blackmail uh, powerful 
asshole men who have been led astray by their penises <laughs> like using this against them but it's like it's like a business it's not even like they're really doing it for their own agenda they're doing it because clients are are paying them to do it and uh it's very satisfying and just like a gorgeous sexy book uh and everyone should read it who likes i mean if you like unlikable female characters like this is the book for you <laughs> you need this book now how do you guys feel when people describe your characters as unlikable in reviews because it gives me a little new set of angel wings every time it happens to me yeah i would agree mm-hmm. it's funny too it's like uh i mean yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I always feel like, duh, that's why she's awesome. Like, <laughs> I usually feel that way. I've gotten a couple where I was like, bitch. <laughs> like, there's one I will never, I think I've even mentioned it on this podcast before because it sticks in my head where someone said that like they never read a character as awful as Kira except mm. for like Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. I mean, oh, that right. whole equivalence of like an unlikable woman who's kind of selfish and an asshole and manipulative and using her sexuality for her own purposes is like just as bad as a psychopathic serial killer who dissects girls. Like right. same thing. Totally like, same. That's what kind of bugs me. Yeah. <laughs> like obviously, you know, I I think we all intend our characters to be quote unquote unlikable in the way that we talk about on this podcast mm -hmm. which is they're breaking the rules of the patriarchy mm -hmm. and they don't care if you like them and like all mm -hmm. of this stuff but yeah sometimes there's a critique of it where i'm just like really like really <laughs> well yeah the the way that people perceive it is is really confusing because it's like like a, a character can be difficult to like but also not be like an awful character. I don't understand when someone is like, you know, I hated reading about this person because they were so terrible. It's like, yeah, well, what <laughs> do you only like reading about people that you like? I guess that's true that there are plenty of people who can't read a book if they don't like the protagonist. But like when you, you can like someone because they're extremely affable or you can like someone because they're interesting. Mm hmm. I have that same thing where I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that was the goal because that would really make me feel bored if everybody was just super nice and likable. Like, yeah. Yeah. And also seems unrealistic, you know? I mean, it's yeah. nice to have those characters in books. I'm not saying I don't enjoy them. And like you have a – okay, like for – and I, I look at books like by – I just reread About a Boy, right? I'm like holding it in my hand right now by Nick Hornby. And I was just in the mood. I remember I had nostalgia. So I grabbed it and I reread it. And, you know, like this main character, Will, is not likable. I mean, no. he's, he's like a narcissist, you know, and it, it really examines that. That's like Hugh Grant plays him in the movie, right? And that's like yeah. his whole career as these sort of like charming asshole men mm -hmm. who like, yeah. learn their lesson. Well, I think that's part of it. It's, um, I see this thread a lot in responses to both of my books where it's like, it's fine to have these women who are awful, unlikable, whatever, but they need to be punished. They need to learn their lesson. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. what often happens. The they need to be the cow. villain who goes to jail. They need yes. to be, they need to lose everything because they ruined it for themselves. But in Nick Hornby's books, that doesn't happen to his unlikable people, his unlikable men. They go on and have like at the end of about a boy, the main character doesn't change and redeem. I mean, he kind of gets a new perspective and he gets a little better, but he's not like suddenly this great guy, but right. we love him and we find him endearing and we find him sort of lovable in his sociopathy. 
I don't know. It's based around making excuses and giving chances to like white men just over and over and over and over. (laughs) That's kind of. That is true. Look at what's happening in the presidential election that will be maybe concluded by the time this airs. (laughs) (laughs) We're not. Yeah. But women, it's like if they do anything the least bit outside of what's considered okay, like they should be punished. They should, they need to like learn the error of their ways and say that they're sorry and all of this stuff. And when female characters don't do that, I mean, this is why we keep talking about Amy so much, right? Because mm-hmm. that's Amy completely, like she does all of these awful, awful things. And at the end of it, she's just like, yeah, I did them. And like, now I'm still in charge. And yeah. I did not learn anything and I don't care. <laughs> yes. I think it's like, it's not entirely unrelated to the way that like in um, early film and in like noir fiction, the only depiction of like queer characters was someone who got punished in the end. Like yeah. that was it. Like they couldn't be in the story unless yeah. they got punished or died or lost kind of everything. Tragic yeah. Consequence to their lifestyle. Yes. When I was researching for this episode, I saw a lot of lists of like literary femme fatales that had Lady Macbeth on there. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. interesting because she like she is, she manipulates her husband, right, into killing the king and all this stuff. And a lot of times she's portrayed very like seductive. Um, but she is kind of punished at the end or she feels guilty. Like she kind of goes crazy from mm-hmm. guilt and kills herself. So I don't know, which is always the thing that has bothered me about Macbeth. Like I want her to be remorseless and be like, yeah, we killed the king, whatever. Like, I, I don't know. That's why I like Hannah Capon's book foul is fair so much. Cause it's yeah. a lady Macbeth who like does not give a fuck. Like she is <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like I want lady Macbeth to be like, okay, whatever. I'm the king now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like there's an archetype in that um, that queen archetype where it's like the neck that turns the head, you know, mm. that saying people have when it's like – and because we're so, we're so much more interested in examining the morality of the woman behind the man than the man himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Hillary Clinton thing, honestly, right? Like, yeah. Um, but just and in general. She's devious. She's duplicitous. She's – yeah. Like <laughs> if that's the only power that's available, mm-hmm. there's no way to take that power without like being branded manipulative. Like, that might be a good one in the future. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Come back in two weeks and we will have that interview with Hallie Sutton, a friend of the podcast and author of The Lady Upstairs, which comes out November 17th. So get those pre-orders and you will love this book if you enjoy this podcast. That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com, and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening.